Welcome to episode 277 of the Truck Dashers Podcast. I'm your host as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Cable. What's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler. I am fantastic. I'm doing pretty good this, so far this weekend. Man, a lot of stuff has happened to me since our E3 recording, but let's just say I've bought a whole bunch of games, I've played a whole bunch of games, and I've actually finished an old classic that I hadn't played in roughly, I would say, five years. So I'm good. <laughs> How about you? Spoiler, spoiler it's, it's Glover. He won't tell me, but I know it's Glover. It's not Glover. <laughs> gets really upset when you accuse him of that. <laughs> um, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been about a week and a half since we recorded. Uh, doesn't feel like it. It feels like we... Um, in some ways, it feels like it's been a long time. But in some ways, it feels like that, that went, it flew by very quickly. Yeah. That break after the... Uh, E3 marathon for us nine podcasts in four days. Uh, I even had to get more uh, room on our Lipson account to keep recording this month. Oh god, so, <laughs> we we basically went through an entire month's worth of uh, podcast feeds uh, fees in uh, just four days there. So, yep. but worth it. It was it was fun to do, uh, and appreciate everybody uh, for listening, downloading, and all that. Uh, but now we're back normal normal show for the first time in a couple weeks. Uh, E3 is behind us. Now we're on to uh, everything else is going on. So this week, uh, for news wise, we're not gonna, we'll do fear games first. But for news wise, it's a lot of the stuff is going to be kind of like little things that kind of uh, more details and some of the stuff that was announced at E3 or some things that kind of slipped through the cracks or um, kind of wasn't the big stuff that came out of E3. Because um, usually, as what happens um, after E3, is it's kind of a wasteland for a little bit as far as news goes. Um, but luckily not games, because uh, I've got a couple. Uh, Gables has played a few. Yep. Um, so why don't we jump on to that. Gables, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first this time around. All right. All right. So for the past couple weeks, I've been having this inkling that I wanted to play some retro games. And so in hindsight, I started to investigate how I would get the best quality in terms of uh, playing my retro gaming systems on my HD television. Now... There are various ways you can do so. I mean, some purists go for the CRT TV route, which I've done, honestly. However, I decided to investigate a little further, and I found out there are actually converters that, if you plug them in, like, say, the AV stuff to a converter and then the output being the HDMI, that it would actually display the image, like, the at least try to upscale the image to about 720p or 1080p, whatever, so I bought one of those for about 35 bucks at Walmart like about a week or two ago. I tested them out, and so far for the 64 games that I've been playing, it's it seems to work really nicely. I like the aspect where there's not any like input delay. The sound, the sound is actually pretty well. I think it's like in a stereo sort of sound in terms of uh, the quality. Hmm. Graphic-wise, it's kind of hit and miss though, but at the same point, there is a lot more light being presented to the image present on uh, my HD television so it's like I can actually see a lot of the images of it I mean granted they're early in 64 games so the sprites and the other 3D models and stuff that you would be playing you know looking at and stuff yeah they're not as readily as visually appealing as they were back say around 20 or like 22 years ago or whatever but 
regardless of which, I tried out a bunch of different games for it. I tried out Mario 64, tried out Banjo-Kazooie, tried out, like, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, I just tried out some bits of uh, platforming games, but there was a game that I had bought at a pawn shop just a couple weeks ago, and this game I hadn't played in roughly, I would say, close to about, God, three to five years Max, and it's an old game that I used to play all the time on the 64. So I decided to invest in WCW and WO Revenge. Oh, Jesus. For the okay. 64. Okay. I, I paid only three bucks for this thing, but I wanted to go back and see if my nostalgia values of the game are actually left intact, you know? So. When I started the game, I wanted to go through the championship mode. So they they're separated into a bunch. They're separated into all the major titles for WCW at the time. You have the Cruiserweight Championship, the TV Championship. You have the tag team titles, the United States Heavyweight Championship, and last but not least, the World Heavyweight Championship. So I decided upon each of those divisions, those like subsidiary things in the single player that I wanted to have a couple of different wrestlers for each of them. So, I decided to make things a little bit more challenging for me. Let's see. For the TV title, I went with a wrestler that uh, was created, I think, by the Aki Corporation that was creating the game to begin with. I went with a wrestler by the name of Hanzamon, which, <laughs> quintessentially, he is a ninja that has various submissions and is very quick on his feet. And the thing about some of the wrestlers that if you do their strong grapples, you know, hold the A button and then do, like, the B moves or something like that, they don't have, like, separate moves. They actually have, like, striking moves and stuff that could be countered and all this other stuff. So I went with him. I got the TV championship. When I went into, say, the tag team championships, however, that started to get a little bit more difficult because here I am, I'm controlling two wrestlers. And uh, facing off against the different teams that they had at the time, like some of the best tag teams for, like, that era and stuff. Like, you got the Outsiders, you got freaking uh, Sting and Luger, you got this and that. But uh, I decided to do a little bit tougher still, and I went with Laparca and Psychosis. <laughs> Two luchadors and stuff from uh, WCW lore. A lot so. of steel chairs involved. Oh my god, yeah, that's, it's, that's what's funny about it. Inside of WCW NWO Revenge, there are some wrestlers that carry weapons to the ring and they use them in the middle of the match. And two wrestlers that have such weapons are Sting and Laparca. Now, Laparca, you can literally, well, at the start of the match, you can attack your opponent with the chair repeatedly. <laughs> and so, how I whittled down my opponents, granted, this is on normal difficulty. It's not set on easier whatsoever. I was taking so much time going through and just beating the crap out of people with a steel chair. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how I won some matches. But because of the AI and because of how long some matches were getting, I had to literally go through and just do like count out victories so I could just rush it along and come all the way through. <laughs> and that's just the thing. The One of the things I noticed the most while I was playing through the game again was how long it would take for matches to get, like, uh, finished. Because even if you whittle down your opponent sometimes to the least amount of spirit that they have for their meter, you hit a finishing move and you try to pin them, they'll still kick out a two. <laughs> this happened, like, so many times during my 
playthrough, my replaythrough of this game. Okay, so for the Cruiserweight Championship, I decided to go with a obscure wrestler that hardly anybody probably knows today. It's called Dean Malenko. <laughs> now, the thing about Dean Malenko, he was known as the Iceman back in WCW. He was trained by his father, Boris Malenko, and stuff like that. But he was known for a couple things. One, his prowess as a technical wrestler. The man of who uh, knows over a thousand holds. Which, of course, inside the reference of this podcast, you know, the whole inside thing of like Chris Jericho and stuff the whole man of a thousand and four holds that's four more <laughs> that's four more <laughs> arm bar arm bar arm drag anyway <sighs> with him it was a fun time going through the cruiserweight championship stuff because I kept on attacking like scoop slamming people and then just getting them the Texas Cloverleaf and go. the funniest part is the best wrestlers inside that game i mean yeah you can go through and like have strikers and like grapplers and stuff but it's so broken when you go through as like a submission specialist and just steamroll through people and barely beat them like under a couple minutes because they're the limbs and stuff of the specific wrestlers are affected so much that once they're favoring like that specific limb you know, try to sell the damage that they've gotten. It's so much easier just to beat them that way than to straight up pinning them. <laughs> so with Dean Malenko, that was a quick one. And then, what was it? The United States... Yeah, the United States Championship. I actually saved for last. I went with Bret Hart in that game. And so I did sort of the same thing that I did with Dean Malenko. Only thing I did differently, though, was, uh, you know, just did a couple other... Like, a different moves, obviously, and just have the sharpshooter instead of the cloverleaf. And what's funny is his front special, once you get a strong grapple onto someone and just flick the control stick, he literally just goes and just slams the opponent onto the ground and just applies the sharpshooter. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier. Yeah. But the one that I actually got for the World Heavyweight Championship was Diamond Dallas Page. He was one of the ones that I liked watching wrestle while I was growing up. And he has some of the most abusable specials in the game. Like, yeah, he has a straight-up diamond cutter, right? But there are so many different ways you can actually get somebody in a diamond cutter in that game. No, it's like, he's the only one that I know in this entire game where he doesn't have, like, one special, like, like one variation of his special. No, he has three different types of variations for his specials. So you can do a straight-up diamond cutter. You can Irish whip someone onto the rope. He'll toss somebody in the air and do a diamond cutter. Oh, shit. Let's see. And the last one is you can actually set somebody in the ring corner, strong grapple in the corner, use your special, and he will literally prop the his opponent up the top rope and apply the diamond cutter right there off the top nice. turnbuckle. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun to re-experience that. So, once I got through all of the championships, I decided to do one last thing, and that was going through the Battle Royal. Now, the special matches things, there's two types of special matches. There's Battle Royal and there's Handicap. I went through the Battle Royal mode because there was one thing I used to do as a kid. I kind of wonder if I could do it still. And that was beat 39 other people with Goldberg. Going through and just getting them over the top rope. And I'm glad to say that I did exactly that. Nice. <laughs> Even on normal difficulty. It was hilarious. Quite honestly, if you defeat somebody, like eliminate them over the top rope, it automatically just like goes through and the next person comes in. So if you're playing four people and somebody eliminates somebody, there's like there's no wait time. Literally the next wrestler comes in 
and it zooms like to the Titan Tron, you know, the whole freaking uh, ring entrance of them running in. So, I kid you not, every couple seconds I was eliminating somebody and another person would be coming in. So, what was left was just Goldberg and Hollywood Hulk Hogan, like I had at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, I basically started out with Goldberg, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Raven, and Kevin Nash, kind of like how the cover art is for the game. So, I, I went through and defeated so many different wrestlers to the point where I just left myself and uh, Hollywood Hogan. And so, I did all this random stuff until I finally eliminated him. I had to avoid going anywhere where the other AI characters were at, like in the different ring corners. Because here's the thing. The AI has a nasty habit of wanting to try to pull you through the freaking ring ropes and stuff. And it doesn't matter whether or not if you're eliminated over the top rope or pulled underneath. You'll get eliminated, regardless. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that playthrough of WCW NW Revenge, that was interesting, to say the least. First time in years that I played through the game, it was definitely awesome. But, like I said, it wasn't the only game that I played. I played a little bit of Hollow Knight on Switch. Which, that game is actually pretty damn fun. And I've only spent like maybe an hour on it, but I want to go back and play it sometime. The other game that I played was Dead by Daylight on PS4. Yeah, I rebought Dead by Daylight. I got it for like 13 bucks on PSN Flash Sale this weekend. Played a little bit, got to level 4. Honestly, to be perf- to be straight with you about it, it runs better on my PS4 than it does on my freaking laptop. I kid you not. I hate configuring things on the PC. I hate trying to work like different control styles and different types of like settings. Because quite honestly, even if I have it on normal settings of what the game is required, it still runs like shit on the PC <laughs> for me. So, playing through on the PS4, no control issues, hardly any type of visual, like, things broken. And yeah, I am already at level 4. Level 5, I actually get a good useful perk. <laughs> so yeah, here I am talking about Dead by Daylight again, like months later after I first started playing it. But uh, no, the last game that I had been playing that I want to talk about, I restarted Bloodborne oh, on shit. the PS4. And uh, yeah, I'm repeating the first couple sections of the game itself. I have not beaten any bosses yet, and I'm slowly processing my way through the game. I have a set build that I have in mind. I want to focus on strength and skill, along with vitality and some little bits of endurance here and there. But I gotta at least want to focus on two or three different slots of like uh, increases while I'm leveling up. The thing I forgot is once you level up your character, the blood echoes your like the enemies drop are a lot. They actually decrease every time you go through and start farming them. So it forces you to move to a different area in order to collect more. That's smart. Yeah, it's smart, though. But at the same time, if you're just starting out and stuff and the enemies are almost as hard as hell, you make a mistake, yeah, you're not going to have a fun time. (laughs) True that. But uh, I would go through the sections. I kept getting killed by these stupid wolves. Literally, I go through the entirety of this village, right, this town square thing, I get to the point where I'm up on this bridge, and near the end of the bridge, there are a couple different enemy types that I face, and two of them happen to these 
happen to be these wolves. These two giant wolves that'll just dart at you if uh, you cross a certain threshold or something. They cross back and forth through by left or right and stuff. If you get one of their like get one of their attention or try to separate them, somehow the other AI wolf will follow it and it will gang beat you. <laughs> so by tricking them and stuff like that, I was able to get a little bit farther to the point where I finally like earned a little bit of insight so I could uh, collect that in order to unlock that uh, doll inside the hunter's dream state and stuff so I can actually start leveling up. <laughs> That's the other thing about Bloodborne, which I kind of have forgotten about, and I'm kind of, like, uh, upset that it's, still, that it's actually still a thing, where it's like, once you have, like, a lot of things called insight that you collect, it allows you to level up, like, specific things or become more aware of different things that your character can do. So that's the way you level up in the game. But essentially, you earn insight, you go through this, like, the hunter state, you encounter this doll or something that'll help you, like, level up through the blood echoes you collect. And, uh, yeah, I haven't defeated any bosses yet, but I'm slowly making my way through it. But, yeah, other than that, I've picked up a hell of a lot of games for PS4, picked up Owlboy for Switch, which I want to try that one out whenever I can. But, yeah, I'm starting to just, like, uh, collect a lot of multiplayer games because I'm trying to probably get some people together so I can just experience some more good multiplayer experiences since it's been a hell of a long time. But other than that, that's all I've been playing. You should you should uh, check out Fortnite. It's free. Yeah, I know. I'll play with I you. I know. I'll, 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 I'll play with you. Alright. Okay. I, I like Fortnite. Fortnite's on, cool. On where? PS4? P Switch? P P PS4. I can't Okay. We'll we'll get into that later. Oh, but, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About Fortnite and why it has to be on PS4. But I, I got back into Fortnite again last over the last week or so. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I I played it a bunch for like a month. Not not a bunch, like probably like ten hours or so over the course yeah. of a month. Like I played a couple games a night or something like that after work, and uh, and I kind of got. Uh, I was gonna buy the new because they have the, like the battle passes you can buy. Yeah, they're like ten bucks. It goes on for ten weeks, um, but there's only two weeks left in this. So I'm like, ah, I'll wait two weeks to buy the next one. Um, right. So I, got, I played that. And they have a new mode. It's like five, um, five teams to twenty. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. The only like I like the game, but the only problem is like if you want really want to get real deep in those games, like if you're playing on solo, especially, it's just a lot of like sitting in a corner waiting. <laughs> Oh, until God. you have to move, until like the circle gets smaller. <laughs> uh, and I like the five teams of twenty because it's uh, one you're with people, you're not just by yourself uh. sitting in a corner. Um, you know, you're working together, and it's fun. Like because it's more, little, it's way more rapid. Like the way because like you know, if people don't know, there's a you're on the map, and there's a circle, and like this giant energy wave where like storm comes in every few minutes. The circle you can be in the safe zone gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, but in this mode, uh, that circle gets uh, shrinks faster than it does in any other game type. So okay. there's like the first probably like five ten minutes of the game is maybe not so much action. Uh, you'll see some people here and there, but most for the most part, it's like all five teams are like on each corner of the map, and you're all just kind of getting stuff together. And then like the game, I think the game only like there's a twenty minute time limit, um, but. And whoever has the most people left over at the end, if you make it to the at the to the end, 
uh, wins. Uh, but uh, like that last like the last probably ten minutes of the game is just pure chaos because oh uh, you all get you all get put in this little tiny corner, and by that point there's probably you know at most thirty forty people left, and you're all in this little tiny section fighting it out. People are you know building <laughs> forts like crazy. You're just trying to survive. You're trying to pick up stuff. Um, yeah, it's it it's been a lot of fun. I actually played a bunch of games with my sister today. Yeah, and uh, it was it's so stupid. Uh, we we both have headphones, by the way. Uh, but she's she's playing upstairs. I'm playing downstairs, and we're shouting at each other from from each other's rooms, like "Let's go! We gotta go! It's coming!" And I'll be running. It's like I'm down. Revive me. I can't. It's coming. Trying to outrun the storm. I'm like, it's too late. You're gone. It's, it's so stupid. We're, we have, I don't know why. We, we just, I was too lazy to get my headphones out. It's just. I think yeah. the most hilarious part about that is like your parents just listening to you two back and forth. Like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. They, they weren't home. Uh, oh, otherwise they would have been pissed. But yeah, no, it was, it was just really dumb. Yeah, they would be um, pissed. Yeah. So it, it's been, it was fun to get back into that again. Uh. Yeah, I kind of fell of it for a couple months, but uh, the, all the hoopla kind of got me back into it a little bit. But yeah. um, the two main things I want to talk about, uh, one came out uh, actually about a month ago now. Holy crap. Uh, Detroit Become Human. Yeah. Uh, I talked about it when it first came out. I only played a couple hours of it and then just didn't really have the time. Uh, to. The problem with that game was, and I said at the time, was like, to really play at least like an hour or two to really invest in Even though each scene's probably... Uh, excuse me, 20, 30 minutes. Um, it's just hard to really get into that game, and it disrupts the flow if you just didn't play a chapter or two at a time. So I was on vacation last week, so after all the E3 stuff happened, uh, I finally sat down uh, the rest of the week, and I just kind of knocked it out in, like, two more sittings. Okay. Um, it's, I don't know how long it is. I want to say um, eight to ten hours, probably. Um, right. People don't know, there's, there's the three stories... Uh, you play as androids, each of them, and they, they've um, two of them become deviant. It, um, there's no choice in the matter. Pretty pretty quickly in the in the story, um, Kara and uh, Kara, uh, yeah, and then Marcus. Uh, Kara is the uh, female one that's like living in like a broken home. Like there's like the abusive dad, and then the the little girl, and uh, the dad beating the girl in front of her, and she becomes deviant which means they have basically have a mind of their own uh they're no longer like a servant um and she saves the girl and then marcus is uh he's like the butler of the soldier like really um popular and wealthy uh um artist but he's old and but he's it's more like a father-son relationship and uh his son shows up and he's like a he's got a drug problem needs money and they get into like a fight uh, the the dad and the son, and that's when uh, Marcus becomes deviant, and uh, s- some stuff can happen. There's you know obviously the way things go when they're uh, are completely different. I didn't know about it actually until I beat the game, and I went and kind of read some things that are different about how all those scenarios can play out, which is really crazy. Um, and then there's the other one. I forgot his name. He is the F- he's like the he's the Detroit police officer though. He's also a um, Connor. Connor's his name. And, uh, he is a police detective. He's like a, um, kind of like a beta tested test for, um, for the police station. Like they already have like, 
uh, police officer androids, but he's like kind of like a an actual like detective. Like he's and he's he was built specifically by uh, the the company that makes the androids. I can't remember the name of them, but uh, they uh, they're making him to basically figure out why all these androids are becoming deviant because it's becoming a huge problem where these deviants or these androids are becoming deviant and like killing humans, mostly killing their uh, their owners. Uh, and trying to solve the case and figure out what's causing it all to happen. And uh, so the way it kind of works out is they each have their own different storyline. They all have major goals, obviously, in it. Marcus, okay. Marcus, in his thing, his, he wants to become, like, it's kind of like uh, equal rights for androids is, is where his whole thing is going. He finds a bunch of deviant, uh, other deviant androids that are having the same cause, and he, in a way, kind of becomes their leader. Uh, Kara has Alice, the little girl, and she's just trying to get to Canada. Where um, and it's, there's a lot of background stuff you can read. Like you can read magazines. That's really interesting, actually, to kind of see their lore of what's going on. It's in 2038, mm-hmm. and like Russia and America are like on the verge of World War Three. Uh, they're also like a space race going on with uh, trying to get. They're using androids to get to Mars. Uh, Russia, China, and uh, United States. It's like the new space race. And, uh, but like Canada is one of like the few big, um, countries left in the world that doesn't have, that doesn't legally allow androids yet. And, um, so Kara is trying to get to Canada where she can become free. And cause like they, uh, they have like these weird little blue circle things on their foreheads, but when they become deviant, some of them rip it out. So now, now they're just like they're humans. So you can't really tell. Um, and so she's trying to get to Canada Connor's trying to solve the case. Marcus wants equal rights. And a lot of times, there's actually some cool scenes where, like, they intertwine together. So, like, at one point, like, this is really early in the game, so it's not really too much of a spoiler. Um, but Kara is being, uh, Connor is investigating uh, Kara. And you actually, in the same scene, you play as both characters. And, like, there's a there's a police chase. So mm-hmm. Kara's running away from Connor, and Connor's chasing Kara. And you actually, like, jump back and forth uh, playing as these characters trying to get past like this busy intersection or this uh, yeah. um, highway and you're trying to avoid cars not get hit or get not get killed and um, so that's kind of a really cool like way it worked out I think they, I think that's I think they might do it one at a time but um, it's really cool and I think the, the way it, the last couple hours is really is really well done um, uh, with how the, where the story goes um, there's my, my I don't know like there's some cool stuff in it I have a sour taste at the end of the game because I got to like one of the like the, the last section is actually like an hour and a half, uh, right? And I got to like the very last like twenty minutes of that section, and it gives you two options you can pick, and it's very it's like probably one of the biggest selections you can make in the game. And I hit the wrong button and selected the wrong option. It wasn't like oh, a time based no. thing. I could I just I could I just kind of read them and I hit the wrong I hit, hit X when I meant to hit circle, and it caused one of my characters to die and totally oh, no. like. I went back and I because like I if, if I wanted to hit that button if I would hit the other button I wanted to hit all three would have survived. I went back and I read like everything of what happened uh, at that point uh, for my story, and so that kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. But the only real key issue I've had throughout the game is that so it gives you like whenever you, like you make a decision like or um, response or ask a question, uh, you get four you get four questions they pop up you pick with X circle square triangle, and the majority of like what to, what the description is or that you're going to say is one or two words. So it's like they're very vague in what you're going to say. All right. Um, like Telltale does a decent job where it's at least like a sentence. 
uh, for the most part. Um, and this and majority of these are just one or two words, like I said. And so many times I would pick, okay, that's what I want to say, or that's what I want. That's kind of what I'm going for. And then what the what the, what my character says and what I want him to say are completely different. Like I, there was this. Mm-hmm. So Connor has like his uh, his partner is a uh, older uh, detective. He used to be like one of the top um, detectives, and uh, some things happened, and now he's just kind of like a, a drunk and doesn't care, and he wow. hates androids. It's kind of like a stereotypical, like uh, almost like buddy cop movie where it's like <laughs> these two guys hate this guy hates this this person uh, or this type of person, and now they're partners, and now they're going to go on and solve a crime <laughs> together, and then they become best friends. You know, it's like Lethal Weapon. Uh, 42 um, and I really wanted him to be like he's one of my fa- actually one of my favorite characters in the game that's not like the ones you play as and I, I was like oh, I want to make, make this like a buddy cop kind of uh, uh, thing where like because right. every character every character there's like different characters they work they're around and like it tells you like the relationship with them like it could be like it tells it'll show you when it goes up when the relationship goes down and like you could say there's tension or your friends or lovers or whatever and every decision i made made him mad but i'm just like i'm picking the answers that i think you would want to hear but then the answers that like the but what i select and what he's what he hears or what i say are not at all what i want him to be uh so at the end of the game he hated me at one point he actually shot my guy in the head uh connor my connor died like four times but like he just gets put into a new body uh like he doesn't actually die; he just like they destroy that machine. Um, and at one point, he actually killed him. He hated him that much, or shot him and destroyed the the, the robot, and he just got uploaded into a new AI. Um, so overall, I really really like this game. Uh, I just wish that, that that part was really frustrating. Uh, that not really that part, but just that whole part of the game where there was a lot of big decisions that I made. That if I would have known the selection I picked really meant this. Uh, it would have totally, um, would do. You know, I think it would enjoy the game more better if it was a little more descriptive of what it meant. Uh, so I beat that. Really like that game. I think you should check it out. It's, I, I'd say it's after about a week or so of thinking about it. It's probably my favorite of the Quantum Dream games. Um, is it Quantum Dream? Yeah, Quantum Dream. Uh, but moving on. All right. So, um, but the other game I played. Uh, just came out yesterday. It's Saturday night as of this recording. Uh, I picked up Mario Tennis Aces, yeah. and uh, I, you know, I, when it first was announced, I remember like, ah, it's whatever, because I just remember the Wii U game, uh, and it was just like everybody hated it, or it was just well, not hated, but it just it was just like a bullshit get a game out there for the Wii U thing. That's true. And when I came out, I'm just like, oh, man, I just like it's just like essentially support or what is this? And then the I started here with the story mode, and I'm like, okay, this sounds cool. Now I'm interested in this. You know, there's some single player content to it, and then I played the um, the online. Uh, they're basically they're a test fire, um, and I really enjoyed that playing the tournaments. Uh, a lot of fun. So went ahead, picked it up. Uh, the, and the the big thing I was I was really looking forward to was single player and all that. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it was. I knew there was gonna be some boss battles in there, but I was all am for it. It's basically like uh, Marvel's uh, Infinity War. Like there's five Power Stones, and you yeah. have to collect the five Power Stones. So apparently, in this game, Mario is Thanos. Uh, <laughs> and 
Mario's He's trying to collect all the, the the power stones to get the, and the glove in this case is a racket. Um, that's like a powerful racket. And so, uh, there's like I think I guess there's I'm assuming there's so there's five power stones. So I'm assuming there's five worlds um, in this. And the the way the the you travel through the adventure mode uh, is it's like an overhead map, kind of like you would see in like Mario World or something like that. And my problem, I'm, so I'm on I'm on the second world, yeah. And it's 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 hugely disappointing. Like it seems so easy to make an adventure mode for like a tennis game, especially like a Mario tennis game, right? And they have like completely fucked it up. Like Wait, so. I I think I did like eight or nine levels, or eight or yeah, eight or I guess levels. I don't know what the hell you want to call them. And I've actually played two true tennis games. Huh. And the 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 computer is like brain dead, as far as like, uh, like on the difficulty the difficulty level is like very very easy. Like you like I could just barely nudge it to the other side of the court, and they won't hit it back. Huh. Um. And then like the rest of the the games are like dumb mini games like uh the the pd piranha uh, or not the, the little piranha not pd piranha but the piranhas shoot fireballs at him at you and you gotta hit him back and you gotta hit there's like eight of them they all spit fireballs at you and you gotta hit 30 of them in like a three minute span right uh, and then there's like one mini game where you gotta hit 20 you gotta do a rally which a rally is um basically uh, hitting the ball the ball back and forth x amount of times um so you hit the ball back like twenty times without missing, without you missing it. Um, then there's one where like uh, you go, you go to, like the mansion, and then there's a like there's a there's a mirror, and you got to figure out the the puzzle to like hit these bubbles. And there's like a sound you got to listen to, and you got to figure out the, the puzzle to this. And it's really dumb, and it's easy. And it's uh, not easy. That one took a few tries, but like the, also like the difficulty level is like way all over the place. Like uh, some of them like I can beat in first try, and there's some that took me six seven tries. Like in the first world, like this is insanity. Like, and I don't know. It's just, it's not fun. Like, I want to play tennis. Like, the actual game itself is extremely fun. Like, okay. I really like the game. I've been going on like uh, online a lot, which has been uh, has been really tough because some some games it's like perfect. Some games it's uh, I they've gotten dropped because of the connection issues. I don't know if that's their on their end or if that's the Nintendo thing. I'm hoping it's not Nintendo since they're gonna be charging me for online here in about three months yeah i know right um yeah uh but it was a huge issue with the uh with their online beta they did about a month ago where everybody was having connection issues um but yeah it's just the single player it's just not fun i so i, I went i went red i'm like there's no there's a story to it but it's not really much of a story uh and they have some like, rpg mechanics and they're and, and the, sto- the story content the talk like i don't give a fuck i just want to play the game uh so i went ahead and i, re- I looked at like all the levels and like, how many? How much? Like, is this worth continuing to deal with, this, with all this stuff? Because it's not really, I'm not really having fun with this. Oh, really? Um, I want, I want, like, I want to know how many of these actual matches are like real tennis matches. And there's like eight of them. Like a hmm. third of the actual matches, or the levels, are actual like real tennis games. So I'm like, well, yeah. fuck this. I ain't doing this. Like, huh. I'm not, this is not fun. This is not. This is not good. Uh, so I went on and. Uh, I did the. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, what do we have here for for, for single player content? Like, because that's that was my main concern about this game when it was first announced. Um, I'm like, oh, cool. There's there's actual like tournaments, like you would like cups, like you would see in like Mario Kart. I'm like, cool. Uh, I played through those. I played those. 
There's only three for some reason, and they each go up in difficulty difficulty every time. Uh, and I beat him in about 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, so I got all three cups. Uh, fairly easy. I think I actually lost like two matches, and not matches sets. I lost two sets um, through the entire all three tournaments. Um, each tournament is uh, th- three different matches you're gonna play. Um, but the one thing that's really like I'm like I, so I did that on this is all Friday night by the way. So I did that and I'm just I'm like oh fuck like is this gonna be like Arms in a way like Arms is like technically a really cool game I really yeah. like that game. But the problem with it was 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 the single player content. Was like yep. after that first initial weekend, uh, I, I played the shit out of it for that first weekend. It was great. It was awesome. I remember Justin coming over before we recorded a podcast, and we played a whole bunch of it. He was playing on the Switch on the handheld mode, and I was playing on my TV, having a bunch of fun. We're playing online together, uh, and going back and playing it. See how see how what difficulty level I can get through on the on the arcade mode. But after that, it was like okay, there's not really much left to do. Like that was it. There's online, yeah. and then there's and then there's the arcade mode. I was like, oh fuck, is, it, is this all there is? And it's kind of that really is all there is for single player. The one saving grace for me is uh, there the tournament modes you can do online. Uh, so I've been playing a bunch of that. I've actually been playing uh, uh, simple mode, which is it takes all the all like the Mario stuff out of it, like all like their. The, the power shots and the building up your uh, energy bar and all that. Yeah. And it's just like the simple mode is just real tennis. Okay. And it's really great. Like I really, really like this mode. My, my real one complaint about it is like there's – it plays through like the, the demo did where it's like you don't actually just play. Like there's not there's, there's not just like 32 people playing all at the same time in one tournament. It's like you play somebody else that's looking for a first round tournament. You play them. And then, all right, I'm, I beat that guy. I'm on the second round. You find somebody else who's also playing in the tournament. Aww. That's also in the second round. You play that guy. But the problem is, and you earn points based off uh, winning serves and matches and stuff like that and getting deeper in the tournament. Um, the big issue is is that the like finding people to play with is um, they don't really do a good job of like separating out newbies and people that like are playing it. Like I legitimately played a guy. Like I I, I played three matches and I had and I won. I or no I. I played three tournaments. I won the first round all three times, and I lost the second round all three times. I went through, so this is my fourth tournament, and I have ninety something points. I play this guy, so now I'm in the second round of my fourth tournament. I play this guy with over five thousand points. Mm-hmm. This game has been out for a day. At huh. that, this as of, this was this morning. This game has been out for twenty four hours, and he's already got five thousand points. I don't know how many games you have to play to get that. I'm guessing it's got to be about 100 or more easily uh, to get to that point. See, the fact that I played uh, six games or seven games at that point, I had 90-something points. Uh, and he just smoked me. It wasn't even funny. Uh, just, I didn't, I think I won a serve. Uh, not a set. This is Nothing. Just a serve. <laughs> I got one. I got 15 love at one point, and I'm just like, cool. That's a victory for me in this in this game. Uh, it wasn't. It was a massacre. Uh, but then I played other like first round games where I just like I I smoked that person fairly easily. I played one game actually just before we hopped on. I played a guy, and this is the first round, and it was like a fifteen minute game. It just went back and forth, and like he went out, he beat me on the first one, no problem. And then I figured out kind of his strategy, and I uh, I beat him in the next one, and then the third match was just like. Us going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, uh, 
trying to, you know, it, like we both kind of figured out what, we're, what each other are doing. And it was just kind of at that point, just like, all right, we got to think of something new. And I ended up beating him on that one. And that was really cool. That was like legit one of the best, like most fun uh, competitive games I've had in like a long time. Where what like where it was it felt like evenly matched. Um, it wasn't like a massacre on any side. Uh, and that was great. But uh, that was the first round. Like <laughs> like, but then I went to the next round, and same thing got uh, got destroyed. Uh, like every time I get to the second round, I just get my ass whooped by somebody with like uh, with a few hundred points to uh, thousands of points. And, um, that's, I don't know, like, it's like, I really like the game. I just wish there was more stuff to do in this game. It's just, like, exactly how I felt about ARMS, and how I did a lot about Splatoon 2, uh, or Splatoon 1 even. Uh, you know, where it's like, I really like the game, like, the online port, I really, I really like the game. I just wish there was more options for us to do. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if it's like a buy or what, what, like, if you're a person that's going to be playing a lot of online for this game, definitely pick it up. It, it's a really fun online game. Uh, but if you're someone that doesn't really do a whole lot of online stuff, are you playing this more as, like, taking this to work? Or are you taking this on trips or something like that? Uh, the the adventure mode is not fun if you want to play tennis. If you like, if you want to do some of the goofy minigame stuff, that's fine. And then there might be some cool stuff in there for you. But uh, they repeat a lot of them, as far as I can tell. Um, it's... And, the when you do actually play tennis, it's not it's the worst. It's it's arguably worse than the, the mini games are because it's how, it's just so uncompetitive on the computer's end. So it, I don't know. It's a weird. It's one of those. It's a weird one. Where like only really Nintendo, I feel like ever gives these to me. Where it's like technically the game is great, but just the content is a huge issue there. Um, so that's what I'm playing. Detroit Become Human, really awesome. Pick that game up at Mario Tennis Aces. Uh, just based off of what you want to do. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to some of the uh, topics. Uh, like I said, some of the stuff is things that kind of got buried during uh, E3. And some of the things are just uh, kind of notes that came out after the fact of E3. Uh, we're going to start with the big one. This kind of all happened uh, right around the end. It kind of picked up um, Tuesday afternoon after Nintendo uh, Nintendo's Direct for E3 uh, announcing Fortnite. Uh Coming to E3, came to E3, or not to come to E3, but coming to the, the Switch. It came to the Switch that day. And really by that time, we just started like picking up Steam when we recorded that night. And I remember mentioning it, um, but it wasn't really much of a thing. Uh was with, uh, if you had, you have your Epic account you make for Fortnite, Epic's people that make Fortnite. Uh, and uh, if you ever tied your Epic account to your PS4, then you cannot take that account to any other uh to Xbox or Nintendo, uh, so meaning that anything, any progression or money you spent on your on that Epic account on PS4, you cannot take it anywhere uh, to any of their consoles. Wow. Uh, you can take it to PC, you can take it to mobile, um, but you cannot take it to the Nintendo Switch. So a lot of people want to go sign into the Switch, and uh, this this uh, alert came up. I'm gonna pull up the website real quick. Uh, the article I had here, um, I had it on here somewhere. Maybe it did not. But basically, uh, there was a pop-up come up saying that you cannot... This this account is tied to another uh, console. Uh, and it was like Epic... It even said Epic uh, uh, knows... Uh, there's nothing Epic can do about it. Uh, basically, like saying like, hey, this is not on us. Uh, so there's a huge backlash. People were pissed at um, at Sony because if you had your Epic account and you, only, and you played it on 
um, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, or mobile, you can take your progression, everything, onto all four of those systems. So you can play on your mobile at, like, you go to work, play it on mobile, and then go uh, home, play on your Xbox. Everything you did on your mobile phone will cross over to your Xbox. All the yep. leveling up, all the gear, all the money you spent crosses yep. over everything. Sony's, you can't. Also, with those, um, you can cross-play on all four of those, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, uh, mobile. You can all cross-play each other. On Sony's end, you can only cross-play with, I think it's PC and mobile. Um, so a lot of people were pissed to find that out. Um, so Sony finally came back, uh, with a response to it. Um, so this is from the, the article, uh, I got this from the Variety article. Um, but what they said was, uh, we're always open to hearing what the PlayStation community is interested to, into, uh, enhance their gaming experience. The company said, and this is a statement to PPC, with more than 80 million monthly active users on PlayStation Network, we build a huge community of gamers who can play together on Fortnite and all online titles. We also offer Fortnite crossplay support with PC, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, expanding on uh, expanding the opportunity for Fortnite fans on PS4 to play with even more gamers on other platforms. Um, so, pretty much ignored the entire issue. Uh, yeah. That had nothing to do with anything. Like, hey, that's cool. It really just felt like a brag. Like, hey, we've got over 80 million users. We've, we're, we have... Um, lapped uh, Xbox One almost three times. Uh, Nintendo Switch is big and it's coming, but it's not even on our radar right now. Um, so it's like a big F you to for to us. It really is what it feels like. It feels like a real big F you to you guys, like the That's people that really want. True. That's very true. But I what I did like was a few days later after maybe not even a few days later after Sony made that statement on Twitter, I saw. What was a little <laughs> little image or something like that? Actually, a little miniature YouTube video that was uploaded by Nintendo of America, and with it there was the introduction for like say Minecraft or whatsoever. Yes, yeah. Where it basically said share anywhere, play anywhere, and it was a silhouette with like two different like like split screen things, one for the Xbox and one for Nintendo. Where yep. they play together, share together, create together, it advertised it. It pretty much gave an entire fu to, to the, the Sony's response, say, "Hey, you can actually play together." Blah blah blah. But the most hilarious thing that come out of that was I saw an image of somebody screenshotting their Xbox Live friends list, and on it was Larry Herb, the dude for Xbox, and he was playing Minecraft, and it literally just said on the Nintendo Switch. Yep, yep. And uh, he posted a picture on his Twitter account, uh, Larry Herb did, saying, I just unlocked an achievement on my on Minecraft on my Switch. It's like, that's a big thing that's happened recently, where, like, you play Minecraft on your Switch, you get achievement points now for your Xbox account. Uh, that you is awesome. Yeah, and yeah, that was a great, I forgot, I, I was going to mention that, I forgot about to do that, though, but, yeah, that just happened in the last couple of days, where there was a big, a big there's a big Minecraft update coming uh, to the Switch with, like, some new, like, uh, costumes or something that, that huh. you can buy or they come for free. I'm not sure. For, like, Mario and stuff. I wonder if and, you can actually, like, log in with your Microsoft account, like, on that game then. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> well, Gable's just, just bought Minecraft on the Switch. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, it was a really cool thing. It had, like, on one side of the video, it showed... Uh, Xbox green, and then on the on the on the right side it showed Nintendo red, and it said survive together. And it was just, and they even were on Twitter, and Nintendo like sent a thing to on Nintendo's Twitter account, sent a thing to Xbox Twitter account. Like, hey, 
you, you want to do something? <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys want, you want to do some stuff together? And it was like, and they're like, yeah, let's do stuff. And it's like Bill Trennan's playing uh, the Switch on Twitter. Like, he's posting on Twitter. Or he's playing Minecraft, I think, on, on his on there. Uh, Larry Herbie, like I said, talking about Minecraft on the Switch. Um, like, a really cool thing they're doing. And it's like just throwing shade at uh, PlayStation very hard. Um, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. And, on a major level. I feel like, like, I get the part where they don't want to cross-play. Like, Xbox, they don't want to do it last generation when they were destroying PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation want to do it this generation, even though everybody else is doing it now. Like, last generation, nobody was cross-playing. Or if there were, there were, it was like one or two games. Now it's like everybody's cross-playing. Like, this is a big, yep. remember, this is the issue this time last year with Rocket League. About, like, when, yep. when the Rocket League came up for the Switch, you could play uh, Switch versus Xbox and all that. Um and here we are a year later, but it's even worse this time where it's like, this is, Fortnite is the biggest thing happening in the world right now. Yeah. Not not just video games. Like, this is taken over. Like, everything. This is like, everybody knows what, like, everybody sees the, like, the videos online of, like, kids doing the, doing the Fortnite dance. We all know that's the Fortnite dance. Everybody knows what that is. Moms, kids, grandpas, grandmas, whatever, you name it. Everybody knows what those are. Like, you see that, you see that stupid little dance dumb dance i can't do the dance but you see it and you know what it is uh you hear about athletes talking about it all the time uh in interviews talking about fortnite reporters are asking athletes questions during the nba finals about about fortnite you know so it's it's <laughs> it's this is part of the this is part of uh pop culture right now yep um this is much bigger than like what rocket league like rocket league was a really cool thing for gamers and it kind of you know obviously it spread out to, to more but it didn't make the the impression that Fortnite has, and Fortnite has taken over. It's been going on for almost a year now. This isn't yeah. just like a, uh, you know, like run the mill thing where it's ah, it's it's here and it's gone in a week. Like this is huge. It's like it, PUBG was like this. This is what PUBG what we all thought it could be a year ago. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you're taking one of the biggest things in entertainment right now and kind of holding it and like like no, we're not going to share. Like I'm not. I don't. You don't want to do crossplay. That's fine. They don't have to do that. Uh, but I think that holding the the account hostage is just bullshit. It is, um, and it just feels petty. And that response, like, hey, we have over eighty million act- active users, and you can share with the PC, Mac, and iOS, and Android devices. It just feels like that, that exactly what what I said earlier, where it's just like, hey, we're we're winning. We we can just kind of do what the fuck we want. Uh, coming out of it, you know, like I I like. I, I like Fortnite. I talked about it. I got back into it. And when going on this, like, I actually went download on the Switch. And I'm like, oh, like that day when it happened. Yeah. And then I heard about all that shit. And like, I, I like, oh, I'm really going to play them on Switch. That'd be cool to play. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> like, it's, it runs better and, and it looks better. And there's more people to play with on the, on the PS4. But I'm just like, oh, it'd be cool, like, to, to play on the Switch. Just check it out. And it's like that. It's like, I don't I have, It just kind of killed the interest for me on the Switch right now. Um, but. Man, I don't know. It's just this feels like like PlayStation's been riding a high since E3 2013. Yes, they have. Well, it feels like they can do nothing wrong. Uh, they've had great first parties. It came out. People were chanting placed uh, Sony at E3 2013 with the yep. uh, the you can trade your games in. You can buy used games. It's four hundred dollars. Like they were handed this on a silver platter and they took it and they've been killing it for five years. Yeah, uh, they've had a few things here and there with like the PlayStation Now, but that wasn't really like a bad thing. It was just kind of like you could do it better, but it's not a bad thing. 
Um, we've talked about how before, like Xbox in the last few years has done everything right for consumers. It's been they've been super consumer friendly for a few years now. Like the backwards compatibility stuff, uh, Games Pass for uh, every first party game is now on Games Pass. They've been killing it, and this feels like the first um, real blunder of the generation for PlayStation, and it's a huge one. Oh, it's uh, a huge I, one that could potentially that could potentially come back to haunt them come the next generation of games stuff. Yeah, and it, it's it's so crazy to me. Like, you know, I've talked about this before um, about every generation. It feels like whoever won that last generation goes into the next one feeling like all we gotta do is just show up and we win. And every every generation, it doesn't happen. Nope. I, I don't. I might left my phone on. Oops. Uh, <laughs> but you you sit there and, you, and like you just go back to like with Super Nintendo to sixty four. They just Nintendo like ah oh, we keep doing cartridges, uh, even though discs are cheaper and yep. bigger. But we make more money on cartridges. Uh, and people just keep, keep flocking us because there's no real competition right now. Uh, and then PlayStation came out and fucking took it over. And then I'm, I guess really actually PlayStation 1 and 2 was like really the last time because PS2 showed up and uh, dominated that one high-selling console of all time. But then you go into the next one, PS2 to you know, the PS3. They showed up, hey, 600 bucks. It's a Blu-ray player, guys. We don't know if Blu-ray's a thing yet, really, or if it even matters. They thought they can just do that, and it didn't work. Um, then you look at kind of the Wii came out, like the Wii the Wii U. Obviously didn't work. Um, Xbox 360 to Xbox One didn't work. And here we are. We're possibly two years out from the, the new generation. Yeah. Um, Xbox is, um, we'll get to, the, we'll, I guess we can seamlessly um, segue, even though I pointed out, to the next topic. But like Xbox announced at E3 that they're make they're, they're working on, officially working on their next console yeah. uh the the code name for it right now is scarlet and it's described as a family devices and they're wanting to release it in uh, november 2020 and they specifically said consoles yeah so it's yeah. going to be one of those type of different types of variety of uh family of systems potentially yes. yeah that's no clue what the hell that means uh that like a uh a switch type of thing or just like handheld they finally do the handheld but this is, what, this is what I'm saying. Like, going in, like, Xbox, like, to me, like, the more I thought about E3 for Microsoft is, it was a really good conference. I liked that conference quite a bit. Uh, and mostly not for, like, the, the short-term stuff, but the long-term. And I said it when they announced those five uh, companies they bought. is like, they have, when they announced the new new the new consoles coming, and they announced all these new uh, uh, companies they bought, and, like, all these games are coming to them, uh, or, like, they showed up Halo Infinite and all that. It's like, they basically succeeded this this generation, even though it was already over. It was over a couple of years ago. It was basically over E3 2013 uh, with their press conference and the way they handled that. They gave it away when all they had to do was show up and they would have won. Um, but if it's like they're they're going in with like all of like super consumer friendly, everybody like outside of like the first party stuff, like they're killing out everything. Yep. And now they got all these great first all these great companies that they own now. Yep. Making potentially really great games, and then also they have their gears, and they have Halo games coming in the pipeline. They have three gears games coming in the pipeline. It, it's just like PlayStation is handing over next generation on a civil platter right now. Uh, yep. To uh, I'm looking at like next generation might be pretty awesome. Like 
Xbox might have their shit together with some really great first party games. Might be a few years down the line. Might be 21, 2021, 2022. Uh, but then you got Gears 5 coming. You got Halo Infinite coming. Like they got some good stuff coming. And then you got PlayStation. And they keep fucking knocking out of the park with all these great first party games. And then you got the Switch out there too doing its thing. Like next generation might be fantastic. Now I'm actually really excited about the future of. I mean, I'm not super ready for the new generation of consoles but i'm just i'm thinking about like all of the game like everything they've done over the last few years microsoft yeah. has and all the stuff that playstation's done except for this fortnite thing for it's bullshit but it's like 2020s are could be some of the best might be the best decade in gaming ever like we talk about last year being one of the best years of all time we might just get a whole decade of that you know what i mean like, that's that's it's, how i'm thinking right now possibility because <laughs> they both figured out like and we've all known us forever, and we always, we always forget this. Like we go into it, it's like the kind of, hey, what do you got? What's gonna make you make us buy your new console? And it was like, what's the cool thing you got? What's your what's your what's your gimmick? You know? And we always forget, like idiots. It's the games. Yeah. It's always the games. And here, you know, it's I don't know. I'm still not ready. You know, like I said, for the new console. We talked about it a little while ago, or about a month ago, when there was talk of the the PlayStation Five. Um, possibly being 2020 or 2021. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel the same. I don't want new consoles. I feel like there's still a lot to do. I think I still feel like we've only a couple of years into this new one. Uh, really, the last, like the last two years, we've really hit the, hit the stride for the new consoles. Um, I get not so much new. They're five years old. Honestly, but, uh, if a new if these new consoles come out sometime soon, they gotta have a launch library or a launch selection of games that almost would convince me to try to get the thing day one, kind of like how the Switch is done. Because, yeah. in my honest opinion, the Nintendo Switch has the best launch titles available on day one, or in that same month and stuff, that competes and is probably better than a lot of what previous consoles have done before. So, it's it's got to be something that's got to appeal in terms of various, quanti- and various quality and quantity that would convince me to buy a new system like that day one. You know, whether it be PlayStation or whether it be Xbox or something like that. Don't care who. Just want to get some great games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, what, that's something I talked about before the Switch came out was like, I don't want to hear about the launch lineup. I want to hear about that launch window. I want to yeah. know what, what we got going on in the first six months. And that was the big issue we've talked about before. With, like, with pretty much, it's, a, it's an issue with every console ever. Uh, um, it's really up to the Switch. But like that was the issue with the first, with this generation was like we had well, like one everybody has that one big showpiece game at launch, and then there was nothing for six months. And that was the issue with this generation with PS4 and Xbox One. And then the Switch came out, and it's like hey, and they've had the you know they had the luxury of all these great Wii U games that no one played that they can port over, and that's what's keeping them going for the for the first year plus. But um, just like you got Zelda at launch, one of the greatest games of all time, yeah. and you got Mario Kart six weeks later. Fan, one of the best racing games of all time. Then you had Arms in June, a brand new franchise. July, Splatoon two. Then we had in in October we had Super Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey, two of the greatest games of all time in the first six months of the console. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like expecting anybody else to do that or anybody ever do that again, even Nintendo. But um, just have something like that. Don't like give me 27 great games on day one. I want like. That's the big thing. Is like, what do you got for me in those first six months? Like, I'm gonna buy your console in November. What do you got for me in uh, January? Yeah, what do you got good. for me in March? 
Like, I don't want to, you know, that was, I remember that's all we talked about when that, when that came out was like every week we come on here and it's just like, hey, fuck all play guys. Like, <laughs> ain't nothing. Like Outlast was like a thing that held us over for like a month. Um, yep. So, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it, it was like games that came out in the 360 and PS3 and then Outlast. That was all yep. we had until like March. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, what a crazy, uh, it's funny, like, the new consoles are a couple years away, but this week right here, this past week, uh, could could be huge for uh, the, the future, for the next generation. Uh, it's kind of that first, uh, I guess, chink in the armor for uh, PlayStation. I hope, I, I still think that they're going to give, eventually, not on crossplay, but I think they'll eventually, like, alright, you guys can take your console, you can take your, uh, your account over to the Nintendo and Xbox. Or even just give us Nintendo, you know? Um, at the very least, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's just a matter of time. I'm just shocked it's been a week and a half, and we're still like that. That statement came out, I think, like last Saturday, and here we are, eight days later, nine days later, and yep. nothing. Silence. But um, moving on. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, um, I want I want to mention this because it's something I brought up um, at the E3 uh, when we talked about the Nintendo Direct from E3 about Super Mario Party. Uh, um, it's coming out, I think, October 5th. Yeah. But, uh, one of the things I said was, like, you get, like, this needs to have online. Like, this is going to be the first first-party game to come out after, as far as we know, unless something else comes out. Uh, this is going to be the first first-party game, uh, that comes out to the Switch after the online service is launched. Right. Uh, that comes out in September. This comes out October 5th. Uh, so some good news. Some. Uh, there is an online mode. It's called, uh, Mario-thon. Uh, and basically what it is, is, um, up to five players can play in five random mini games and the, the person with the best score wins. Um, that's all the details we have right now. Uh, don't know how many mini games are going to be in this game. Uh, but it's not what I wanted. Uh, you know, it, it feels like going off that trailer and like, I went back and I watched it again a couple times. And it's, it's going, it seems like it's going back in the right track where it feels like Mario Party lost its way, I feel like, over a decade ago. Yep. I feel like it hasn't been really good since like Mario Party 4. Uh, and then 5 and 6 were okay. And then after that, it's just been garbage. Especially the one on the Wii U that was fucking trash with uh, Bowser. You're all riding in a car together. That sucked. <laughs> I don't know why anybody thought that was good or thought that'd be a good idea. Um, but. <laughs> You know, I was hoping, like, I thought, like, I was just, like, thinking, I'm like, that'd be sweet if, like, Justin and Gables and I and somebody else, like, we just, like, you guys want to play some Mario Party? And just, like, we're all playing Mario Party online. Like, that's been my dream since I got I got Mario Party 4 on GameCube when I was a kid. Like, I remember, like, it's, it's mostly nostalgia, I'll admit. But I remember going over to, like, the Justin's house and, like, we play 60 round, I would say play a game of 60 turns. It felt like, it'd take, like, all night. <laughs> yeah, we do that with like it'd be him and his brother and like our other friends or something like that. We're all playing. Uh, and it's just like we go home, like man, I keep want to keep playing, but it's like I gotta go to sleep or I gotta like I gotta go home. It's late, guys. And it's just like this. I it just kind of I don't know. I just I guess I'm hoping I was hoping this would like bring me back that back nostalgia of that game. Um, and it's not like I said, it's not exactly what I wanted, uh, but it's a start. If we get another Mario Party, hopefully that's the true maybe i'm hoping this is like what pokemon let's go is like hey it's a pokemon game but the real one comes out next year i'm hoping that's what this is for mario party uh 
What, what about you, Giggles? Well, yeah, I'm kind of hopefully, like, wishing that's sort of the same thing that's happened in Mario Party. I mean, it's kind of disappointing where it's only just, like, one section that's going to be the online stuff. At the same point, I kind of wish it was sort of more aligned to say how Mario Party 3 or Mario Party 2 would be in terms of, like, say, multiplayer-wise, just have that type of thing online where it's, like, you got a set board, you got, like, a couple different characters you can choose from, just have, like, a bunch of 20, 30, or, like, 60-turn things if you wanted to, and then just do a lot of, like, mini-games after, like, everybody has their turn on the board, you know? It's just something simple that I would just like for this Mario Party game to be, or a future Mario Party game, but it's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of disappointing how they're just limiting it to, like, just, like, the minigame certain things, you know, for this uh, Switch version. Yeah. That's what I think, anyway. Still could be fun. Uh, it's have some great ones. And uh, real quick, going back to uh, Mario Party, uh, or Mario Tennis Aces, Waluigi might be my new favorite Nintendo character. <laughs> this is going, and this wasn't because of the whole E3 thing about uh, me, me being upset about Waluigi not being it. This goes back to about a month ago when I, when I got online, started playing the online uh, mode with Mario Tennis Aces, and I unlocked uh, Waluigi. It's like, do I want to be Mario, Peach, Bowser, or Waluigi? I'm like, I'll try Waluigi. He's a fucking, he's a fucking beast, man. Dude, let me tell you, he's here's fucking, something. He's, go ahead. Back when they used to play Mario Kart, my my Mario Golf like Toadstool Tour on GameCube, mm-hmm. Waluigi was my favorite character. Why? Good. Because whenever he would score like a birdie or whatever, so. Up, he would do like freaking like juke and jive moves like Michael Jackson, and that's why I kind of nice. like. <laughs> that's why I would probably just like drift a little bit. Show, oh, okay, Waluigi, I'm gonna play as him. <laughs> I actually, I actually had an online mode uh, game earlier where we were both Waluigi, yeah. and every time we hit the bomb, wham, wham. <laughs> so it was just like wham, 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 wham. It was it was pretty great. Uh, I, I got a good laugh out of that one. I won that one, uh, nice. but uh, yeah, I. He's pretty sweet. Uh, I've been a Luigi guy for like twenty years. Yeah. I'm gonna point that out. I like he's been my he's been my boy. Well, Luigi might be better. Um, <laughs> now let's just get him on fucking Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, move over Greninja. Well, Luigi's my new main. Yeah. That happens. Um. Yeah. Um. Moving on uh, to something else. Uh, Telltale. Uh, kind of. This is kind of a crazy announcement. They have partnered with um, Netflix, of all okay. people, and they are bringing uh, the Minecraft story mode to Netflix. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm wondering how if it works if you if you play that on your PS4, like your Xbox, like do you just use your controller for that? Like do you play like normally, and then like I, I, it shouldn't be too hard to play, I guess. Like if you do on like a smart TV, uh, where you just mm. or like a or a PC where you just use a keyboard. Or a smart TV, just use your remote. It's not really like a super, you know, just mostly pick options. And I'm sure you can just walk around fairly easily. Uh, but out of that, they also announced that there is a... The next big thing they're going to do is a Strange, Stranger Things uh, as, a new, as the next oh. Telltale series. Ooh. So yeah, um, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's interesting. Um, I guess... Telltale's been going through a lot of issues lately. They laid off like half their workforce late last year. Um, they brought in a lot of new management. They're currently being sued by their old uh, CEO, CEO and former co-founder. Uh, so, last year and a half has been pretty rough for them, and it seems or it seems like the last year's been pretty rough, pretty good for them. But the last year, the year and a half before that, has been really rough. Uh, 
Apparently, they're going to finally get a new engine after uh, Walking Dead season's over. Uh, come, okay. First episode comes out August 14th. I'm really excited about that. already pre-ordered it. Um, but um, after that game, after that game is over, they're going to be in a new engine, a whole new engine. Like That's why a bunch of their stuff got delayed. And possibly the, the game after that and the partner deal with uh, Netflix is they might do a Black Mirror uh, season. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, obviously, I'm someone that really likes Telltale. I play all their games. Um, I really like, really, really like Stranger Things. Uh, it's a phenomenal series. Uh, so, the more the better. And I guess more people can check it out. I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of a cool crossover we're doing here with uh, Netflix, the biggest streaming service in the world. Um, and doing something with Minecraft, one of the biggest um, IPs in gaming right now. Uh, it was Fortnite before uh, Fortnite came around. Um, so, yeah. Um, but moving on to the very last topic of the day. It is one of my favorite things uh, every month. MPDs, buddy. All right. All right. So, these are the MPDs, the top 20 selling games for the month of May. I'm going to start. I always start for number one for some reason. I'm going to start for number 20 this time. We're going to build suspense. Um, so number 20 is Monster Hunter World, number 19 is Assassin's Creed Origins, number 18 is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, number 17 Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, 16 is Overwatch, 15 FIFA 18, 14 Breath of the Wild, 13 Mario Odyssey, 12 Call of Duty WW2, 11 is uh, MLB 18 The Show, 10 is M- 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 NBA 2K18, 9 Mario Kart 8, 8 Rainbow Six Siege, uh, seven Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, six GTA Five, five Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, four Far Cry Five, three Detroit Become Human, two God of War 2018, and number one surprisingly, State of Decay Two. Huh? Honestly, yeah. Out of that entire list, I think like State of Decay Two actually uh, impressed me the most. That was a number one seller for NPD and yeah. Xbox freaking uh, exclusive. You know. I think I think this is the first time a uh, uh, Xbox first party title has um, or exclusive title has been number one on the MPD since Halo Five came out, which was like 2015. Dude, that is big for Microsoft right there. That's actually a pretty good victory for them in terms of like sales wise for that game. Let alone like the thing was pretty much a part of the Game Pass stuff day one. Let's see the other yeah. surprise. The other surprises on that MPD list. Well, obviously, besides like the all the Switch games and stuff, still remaining strong. Like that thing, those that trinity of like games, you know, with Mario Kart Eight, Mario Odyssey, and Breath of the Wild. I'm not sure when those three games will be disappearing off that list. Yeah, there's five Switch games on the uh, in the top fourteen. Yeah, you got like a chunk of them, like just routinely appearing on the MPD lists since like their launch. And the Switch has been out for a little over a year, and they already got five games for that damn system that are like million sellers, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty close to. Uh, I think this mark, marks 14 straight months that Mario Kart 8's been in the top 10. Wow. Yeah. So since it came out, it's been in the top 10 every 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 month. Jeez. Um, yeah. What, yeah, I, I think, like you said, you kind of hit the nail on the head there for with me with State of K2. That it came out, I think, I want to say like the 22nd. So uh-huh. it only had a little over a week. Um in the month and also the game pass thing but i, I guess it has a luxury but it's only like a 20 dollar game so it's not a, a not really a luxury but it's a 20 dollar game but at the yeah. same time it's only a 20 dollar game so typically you don't see those kind of games like most of the games you see on here i think outside of street fighter 30th anniversary collection 
and I guess player known battleground, but that's uh, you know, that's a big thing in among itself. That's the only non sixty dollar game, like first like first party or uh, it's not first party, but big you know AAA game on that's on yeah. this list. Well it's, um, also, well, it's also kind of a little bit of a surprise too. It's like the reemergence of Rainbow Six Siege. You know that game was. It went through a tumultuous like launch period and mm-hmm. stuff, where that game was pretty like pretty much like dead for a while and stuff, up until the developers like pretty much revamped almost the entirety of that structure of that game, and now it's like it's kind of gotten its like its second wind in terms of like success in terms of like people wanting to play it, interest enough to where it's like now it's back on the MPT like sales list stuff, and it's been consistently there. What was it like? Maybe now for the past couple months or something. It- it's been on. It's. I don't know if it's been. It's been in the top twenty. I feel like every month uh, since it probably came out. But yeah, like I said, uh, it when it first came out, it was like dead on arrival. It came out. I think one yeah. came out like December, like 2015. It was kind yeah. of dropped, and it was just like felt like it was you know like I said dead when it came out. And then we're in the middle of its third year on the market, and it's still one of the most popular games uh, out there. Obviously, with That's that. That's very I mean, true. I mean. Yeah, the same could could be say a little bit about the division as well, where it's like that was mm-hmm. also sort of a dead on arrival game, but people are picking that back up because of like new content that's uh, and like new improvements and structure stuff as well. But yeah, yeah, I yeah yeah I even actually picked up division and started playing it again or playing it for the first time. Oh yeah, Dipping into our, yeah they made some big changes I guess a couple months ago for like its two year anniversary. Until they like, revamped this, like the game, how the game flows. I'm checking. I'm like put a lot too much into it. Right. Um, not enough to really talk about too much, but um, yeah, it's just. I mean, really, the only thing with more longevity than Rainbow Six Siege is GTA Five. Yep. Which uh, I, I'm curious what like six months, uh, about this time next year, where is it going to be after you know after Red Dead Redemption Two has been on the market for a good chunk of a year. Good point. Um, because that game has been on the MPD lists now for like almost five years. Yeah. It's I mean it's the highest selling game of all time. Yep. Uh, I, I guess I don't know if I mentioned this before, um, but what's funny I guess is what a lot of people are doing. The reason why I think it seems like a lot of people are uh, are saying this might be it's always in the top. It's always in the MPD. It's always in the top ten. I think the lowest is dipped is like eight or nine. Um, right. But they have like the in game currency you can buy. Like you can buy like shark cards. Yep. And when you buy the GTA Five, you get like. Uh, it's like a hundred dollars in shark cards for the online stuff. So people are like, instead of going out and buying shark cards, they're just buying another copy of the game. Oh no! It's cheaper to uh, than just buying the shark cards, and then they sell the game. Oh my god! I wonder if that's what's going on. Yeah, because you always see like you always see deals uh, on like the PlayStation Store all the time. It's like the game's always on sale. Yep. But it's always on sale, and it has like bundled with with a hundred dollars in shark cards or fifty dollars in shark cards for buy the game for forty bucks, and you get fifty dollars for online stuff like that. So um, that's what I, it's. I'm wondering if that's a lot of it. I'd, I'd be curious to see. I love it. I know this can never happen, but I want to know how many people are just rebuying the game over and over again for that very reason. Uh, I think it'd be really funny if we saw the numbers, and it just came out like a third of the games. I'm not trying to like knock it in any way. I know it's a great game. People love it. I just want to know, like, how many of those people are really buying this? Like, I just, I can't fathom how this is always one of the best-selling games every month. I know, right? Uh, five years later. Like, to, like it's got to be selling, like, you know what's selling millions of copies every month. Yeah. Millions. At least a million. 
because uh, we know like Hyrule Warriors sold about a million um, last month uh, on the Switch, and it's ahead of that game, so you know it's high. I just man, I want to see the numbers, but um, I don't know. It's cool to see you know like I said you like you were talking about five games from the Switch in the top fourteen. Um, Tropical Freeze being in the top five for the second month on the market, or for really, for, uh, no, first month on the market. Um, Hyrule Warriors, number seven. Love to see that. Um, totally underrated game. It's, it's really cool to see all these really underrated um, Wii U games. Not really underrated, but overlooked games because they're on the Wii U. Uh, get their time to shine. Uh, I know. There's like three on the of Switch. them on the freaking MPD list here that were Wii U titles, but it's like yeah. they got a big resurgence in the Switch because, well... Hell, they're great games in their own right. Yeah, they're great games, and then they get a, then they, people get to finally recognize the great games. So yeah, it's it's uh you know like really it, the the top you know four or five not really a big surprise because um, April and May were pretty good months for gaming. You got State of K two, got a more, uh Detroit, Far Cry five, Duncan Triple Freeze. All those games came out. I think uh, Far Cry five came out in like late March. So all these games came out in the last couple months. So. Yeah, it's cool to see all that. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, really cool, really good month. Uh, great is probably one of the strangest months I've seen since it came out. With uh, yep. outside of uh, Battlefront Two uh, falling off in like a couple months, and like or within like the first, like the second month, it was already like barely in the top twenty, and now it's completely out of the top twenty. State of K Two being number one is probably the biggest surprise of yep. this since I don't know eight or nine months we've been doing this. Um, but I think it's going to wrap up the show, Gables. Uh, yeah. It was great to be back, guys. Uh, you know, it was nice to have a little break away from the show. After, not really much of a break, but uh, we got a little more time away because we did a, a wait. We did two plus months of recording in one weekend. Uh, but having that nice little 10 day stretch of not having to record, not to worry about putting the show together, um, was great. Also, my liver really appreciated it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's great to be back, Gables. I missed I missed talking to you about gaming. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'm glad uh, you guys. Uh, hopefully, you guys listen to us still. Um, those because we it seems like we have a lot of new uh, listeners out there over E3. Hopefully, you guys stuck around. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. I was your host, Tyler. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little out here, guys. There's a whole there's a whole rigmarole I gotta do before we get out of here. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Woo, buddy. If you want to hear more from us, we have a Facebook page and group. It's Drunk Dash Nerds uh, on there. Like and join us. Twitter, at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there. Twitch, uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Uh, follow us on there as well. And then on YouTube, Drunk Dash Nerds. Uh, subscribe to us on there. Podcast goes up on there. Uh, give us a big thumbs up. Leave us a comment, please. And also on iTunes, uh, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on there. Leave us a five-star review. I think those are all the places we're on. Um, so, once again, guys, thank you for listening. And once again, I was, t- I was your host, I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So, until next time, everyone, I hope you have yourself a good week. I hope you play yourself a bunch of great games. And above all else, I hope you spend the time, kick back, and enjoy yourself a good episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Peace. Hey, G- hey Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet. Bye. See ya.